This episode of Eye to Eye is brought to you by Janique Locks. If you're looking to get started, there's no better place. She specializes in all kinds. Dreadlocks, micro locks, sister locks, lock extensions, instant locks, interlocking, and more. If you're in the 757, please don't hesitate to contact her. You can find her on Instagram at Janique Locks. That's G-E-N-I-Q-U-E-L-O-C-S, Janique Locks. Or you can find her at her website, JaniqueLocks.com. Janique Locks, where locks are envied. All right, let's go ahead and start this podcast, man. We here at Eye to Eye would like to issue a statement of apology. On our last episode, episode 57, in a conversation concerning Dave Ramsey and his senior leadership team, we highlighted the fact that one of those team members was involved in an illicit affair that ultimately led to their divorce, yet they somehow got to keep their job, which was significant in contrast to another individual who was employed by the company, yet she was let go after informing them that she was pregnant, though she was not married. While these events are indeed true, I, Jordan, made an assumptive statement concerning that team member and how they were most likely Caucasian, which was not the case. The senior leadership team member who goes by the name of Chris Hogan is indeed an African-American individual, and he was involved in the illicit affair, which ultimately led to his divorce, and he still is employed by that organization today. We here at Eye to Eye do our best to uphold a standard of accountability and integrity, and if we do that, we must also embody it. For that reason, I'm coming to you today offering this full-throated, full-hearted apology and correction. No one actually let me know about this. This was only because of my continued research that I discovered my own fault in this, and I'm more than happy to go ahead and correct it. Uh, Thank you guys once again for your support. And also, if you ever hear something on this show that you think may not be correct, do not hesitate to contact us. And if we are indeed wrong, we were more than happy to offer a full-throated and full-hearted apology on that as well. But thank you once again. Please enjoy this latest episode, and may we always continue to strive for integrity and accountability so that we can get as close as we can to God's truth. Thank you. people that worked out uh, and, and if it didn't um, well we're not going to console you sorry just not how that works over here nope but welcome <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I'm there going to be some petty drops whenever I do this from here on out I'm just I'm, I'm find something to do you know it's it's part of the process I guess so nothing's changing <laughs> Just, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, before it was still tied to like the welcome stuff. Uh, y'all tried to punk me on my Vader stuff. I'm still just not doing it because you're not worthy. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's how that's going to work. And again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest and greatest episode of Eye to Eye. Uh, short for Inspired to Inspire podcast. It's all about being open, honest, and real. Having questions about uh, life. And does they have it? Yo, you know what happened? Hmm. Seriously. Uh, this is going to be funny. So I keep thinking about how you say you would never get it right when you did it. And I was thinking that as I was saying what I was just saying. <laughs> and for the first time, I messed up. Yeah. So there's that. So you yeah. know what? Now that I've said that out loud, we'll just keep going. Uh, yeah, the conversation <laughs> about life and faith. Uh, and as always, you know, we are willing to slow down. <laughs> Make sure I don't mess up. Willing to boldly go where most folks ain't trying to. So thank y'all for listening to that conundrum. Uh, my name is Jordan. My name is Devin. And as always, we're definitely glad to have you guys rocking with us. And on this episode, uh, we're going to be having some fun because that's that's just what we do. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, uh, before that, first and foremost, Dev, how you doing, man? I'm doing just fine. My uh, wallet is not any lighter. 
I've been married nearly uh, 20 years. It'll be 20 years uh, this year. Valentine's Day is not a thing that is celebrated in our household. Uh, Jamie and I both roll our eyes at it. So, yeah, don't have to spend money on anything. Don't have to wait three hours to eat it like an olive garden. Oof. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. So I'm feeling great because I feel bad for the poor suckers who still have to do this. So. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. How about you? <laughs> yeah, no, my, my wallet is definitely lighter. Yes, it uh, is. Thanks for asking. Uh-huh. Jerk, I know that you ask that intentionally because, yeah, you're a jerk. Yeah, and and I'm fully informed on why your wallet's lighter and, yeah, so. <laughs> but I'm okay. sure that uh, your wife and extended family are happy about that lightness in the wallet, so that's good. Yeah, 100%, you know, because sometimes you do things for the people you care about. Oh, see, this is an easy thing to... Uh, volley back to you. One of the big reasons that we both think Valentine's Day is a sham is because we simply do nice things for each other all year long. Don't need some silly hallmark reminder of a holiday to spend money on cards and flowers and candy. So, you know, hey, don't need to do that. Listen, you, you, you act like that's, <laughs> that's not my MO. I mean, come on, let's get serious. I, I do it because there's also that other thing, happy wife, happy life. So, what happens is you're not a statistic. Congratulations. Guess what? There are thousands to probably millions of men out there in this great nation and beyond who just want to keep their wife happy. And it just so happens that they will probably appreciate a gift on Valentine's Day. Way to go, you. I'm actually empathetic to this whole thing because I used to be much more staunch in that stance, although I did say it pretty convincingly. But the way I feel about it, we do not celebrate it, but I can understand why other people do. And I also understand that, you know, most men were not properly raised by their mama uh, to treat their wives like Valentine's Day is every day. And so it's a good time for them to be reminded of how they should be treating their wives or girlfriends or whatever it may be. And uh, it's nice for the those special someone's to be treated that way at least once a year. So I, I can understand why it does exist. Is that better? No, nah, because the minute you said at least once a year, I'm just like, well then dang it. Have you <laughs> met men? Have you met men before? There's plenty of men who only yeah, do know, stuff like know, once a year. But listen, listen, Doc, you know, and this this is why we pray for, you know, I'm not going to go into the tangent about this. This is why 60% of all marriages end in divorce. <laughs> but if you really are doing something for your wife just just once a year, and please, that means that you're probably not doing something for their birthdays. Uh, Christmas is probably out of the picture. Well, maybe they're Jehovah's Witness, and so they don't celebrate birthdays and Christmas. But Valentine's Day, maybe that's a loophole for Jehovah's Witness. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, this is eye to eye. <laughs> How many people listening to this show are Jehovah's Witnesses? For real. I, I have no idea. Hopefully plenty. I, I want to reach everybody, Jordan. I don't want to let you down. <laughs> Uh, but I does Spotify does Spotify have stats for that? Nah, that ain't the case, my G. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Oh Lord, look, man, we got a document. What's going on? What are we talking about here? I know that uh, it's a certain month. Um, it's the shortest month of the year, uh, if I recall. Jesus. Which Jesus. which just feels like it's <laughs> just a backhanded compliment to be like, hey, everyone who's supposed to remember the history of Black people, let's do it over 28 days. But guess what? Every four years, you'll get an extra day to do it. <laughs> so, so I actually wanted to, because we were going to talk about, about that, uh, I wanted to lead off with White People Wonder for the week. So Jordan, under a normal Black History Month, as a white individual, what would you recommend I focus on learning about Black history, some things that maybe I don't already know? Oh boy, okay. Uh, here's the easy one. First and foremost, it's not Black History Month. It's Black History Appreciation Month. You're the only person I know who calls it that, by the way. But Ask me if I care. I know you um, don't. I'm just saying that it's a, it's a weird correction when you're the only one, but that's fine. I, I, that, that's <laughs> fine. But now you know that's what it means to me because Black history is American history. And really, the thing that I would probably encourage people to do now, especially in light of 2020 and everything else, is... Uh, you know, begin to kind of dig and actually look at the actual history of Black history. You know, it's awesome that we get to hear about George Washington Carver and Marian Anderson and everybody knows about MLK and, you know, Malcolm X, whatever the case may be. But, you know, last year, people found out about Black Wall Street for the first time. 
Yes. You know, they found out about things like sundown towns. Mm-hmm. You know, they found out about a whole bunch of stuff, you know, that they probably did not know before. And so, again, this is Black History Appreciation Month, where we should be learning about Black history all year long. So, you know, the, the, the first thing that I would tell you is we just need to make sure that people recognize the fact that they don't know real Black history. <laughs> and the minute that you figure out what real Black history is, maybe that's the eye-opener that you need to have, the empathy that we've been talking about, and all this other good stuff. So. I think that's a good start. Yeah. In fact, I got to learn about an individual that I didn't know much about. And probably up until the last year or two, I'd never even heard the name. Uh, One Fred Hampton. Uh, There was a movie that just got released called Judas and the Black Messiah. And it is about Fred Hampton. And it's a a good flick. Um, it It was an interesting story. Didn't really know who he was or what his role was. But he was basically the chairman of the Black Panther Party in Chicago. And... His approach there and the kind of the enlightening that the movie had was that it wasn't this militant approach as much. I mean, there was some of that. He was an incredible orator, but a lot of what he was trying to do was kind of bring the black communities and bring these kind of divided groups together and do things for the poor and the hungry and the uneducated in Chicago. And uh, it was a really neat story. And then, of course, it's just you know, tragic how everything unfolds and how, of course, you know, J. Edgar Hoover and a lot of law enforcement and and the government at large uh, basically just snuffed out the movement because, you know, anytime people are trying to stand up and <laughs> make change, uh, people don't, people in power don't want that. So, man, listen, that, that's really what it all kind of boils down to. Um, you know, Fred Hampton, uh, for all intents and purposes, he was, he was pretty biblical. <laughs> in, yeah. in, in his method, you know, and, and that's the piece that people don't get. You know, what was it? Uh, Lecrae, another name that's probably really unpopular among certain folks. Uh, you know, he, his, apparently his mom was a part of the Black Panther Party or in connection with it, you know, and he even said that he cited in his lyrics one day, you know, something about uh, the thing he remembers about them is that they fed him eggs and grits. You know, it was just, there's nothing that was not necessarily insane about them. Yeah, of course, they were more militant uh, than even Malcolm X, and of course, they more more so than. The MLK. But the bottom line was still, there was a method to their madness and there was a reason behind it. And there was a why behind that what. And that's the thing that I think, especially again, a part of black history that folks need to understand. It's not like there was an aimless endeavor involved. Like there's always a means to an end with, with black folk and what we do. There's a reason why Black Lives Matter is a movement and not just a statement, you know? And that in itself could be something that we could really approach. Uh, and have a completely different conversation that that would probably turn some heads in some ways that people wouldn't really be expecting. Yeah, and the thing that I really appreciated about this movie and just kind of the telling was there was this balance between, you know, not necessarily militants, but but basically a an outrage against the oppression and yet still this desire to kind of turn the other cheek whenever possible type mentality. So like you said, Hampton was was biblical in that sense, even though he didn't come about it as a preacher or as a reverend or, you know, as a theologian whatsoever. But we kind of have this understanding as Americans, at least white Americans, that you have the KKK on one side and the Black Panthers on the other side. And that's kind of the way that things are framed, right? From a normal teaching of history where it's like you have one extreme group and another extreme group. Yeah. And that's that's not really how things played out. I mean, granted, the Black Panther Party has a, a a deep history of of some violence and some things that went on, but their main mission was not to basically eradicate <laughs> white people from the face of the earth. Their mission was to uh, bring a, a standing of black people up into society and equality up for their people and their family and and where they came from. And that's very different. Yeah. No. I mean. What are you talking about? It's, it's the embodiment of CRT. You know, that that's really what they were. That That's really what they were all about. Right. Um, except, nah, they weren't. No, you know, I mean, well, that, that's the whole thing. And that's another piece that I think I want people to learn about Black History Month is that, uh, especially since people want to start using that word, even though they don't really read and understand exactly what it is. Uh, let, let me give you a, a two-second breakdown of what you're really dealing with. You're dealing with people in power who are afraid that other people want power. and And that's not the case. You know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, CRT is 
the operation of the usurping of basically a, a dictatorship style of leadership. You right. know what I'm saying? And and that's the whole thing because there's the oppression that's in there. You know, you 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 wonder why people really want to be set free. Well, take a look at the conditions that you put them under. But then also realize that when we say we really just want equality, you know what I'm saying? Like, and again, this is all stuff that's biblical. This is this was the heart of Christ, you know, to set any and all captives free. It's not just about us, but that's the hot button issue right now. So, you know, put that under the scope. We're talking about setting the captives free. It's not so that we can turn the chains and and we can grab the whips and we can put people in shackles. No, that's not how that that's not how any of that plays out. We simply wanted to make sure, like mind, in what Christ had for us, everybody has equal footing and everybody has a chance to to really experience that kind of happiness, man. So, I mean, uh, in in short, all I'm saying is for Black History Month, I want y'all to understand why I tell certain people to miss me with that when they come <laughs> at me. With, with, the, with the nonsense, man, because that's really all it is. Well, and I think the most important word there is history, uh, not to uh, <laughs> eliminate the black part, but understanding history hey. and understanding, you know, what's true and what's relevant and not just what you've learned before, but opening up your mind to things that you haven't experienced or haven't read about or haven't learned. It just goes a long way toward changing your perspective in this world. And you know, equality is not a pizza, right? It's not like it it runs out. Okay, well, <laughs> Jordan didn't get his slice. So, you know, uh, there's nothing we can do. E- equality is not a finite thing. It's something that can can change and evolve and grow. Um, and it's just allowing other people, you know, that opportunity. And when you're talking about the people who are in power, you know, there's, there's so many weird layers of, you know, you talked about uh, CRT, which for people who don't know is critical race theory which basically just says that whether it is a conscious or subconscious effort by people in power, uh, there has been basically systems set up to oppress minorities and uh, oppress people of other races. And you, you really can't look at the facts and look at history and just simply say that that's, that theory holds no water. It's just, that's not true. You'd have to, <laughs> you just have to deny <laughs> truth and fact, um, right. which, which unfortunately people in our society are having a, a habit of doing. Um, <laughs> not doing. Yeah. Now they're brilliant at that. Yeah. They're extremely brilliant at it. And, and for what it's worth, they, they get a kudos from me. And at the same time, they get a, what the hell are you doing? Uh, because they, they don't recognize that really what this is, is that they're under the thumb or at least a part of the environment of a system that has set them up to think that this is cool. You know, I, we, we've been reading a book for uh, one of the classes is faith and culture. And it's, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with it, it's John Tyson's Beautiful Resistance. And it just so happens that this week we're reading on a chapter about, you know, fear. <laughs> because that's really <laughs> what this is all about. Yeah. And I'm just going to take a minute. I want to read an excerpt from it specifically because it breaks down uh, the desire from fear to produce things that are specifically exclusive. It's all about exclusivity. But in particular, how you could potentially learn how to treat a person the way that uh, people of color have been treated. Uh, in, on, in, in our nation. And, you know, I'll just read it real quick. You know, it talks about how uh, a guy named Shepard, whoever that is right now, uh, details this process of exclusion. You know, it says like, first, we seek to eliminate unwanted others because it talks about the other. You know, there's the good other and the bad other, you know, the exotic other, the other that you detest. Okay. Uh, but unwanted others from the circle of life. Lion King. Never mind. Moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> either through legislation or violence. If we can't remove them, we seek to assimilate others. And we're going to talk about that in a bit when we talk about that whole church piece uh, to make them like one or to make them like ourselves so that we don't have to live with undesired difference. Uh, If that doesn't work, then we seek to dominate others, to normalize our own standards and penalize for variance. And if that doesn't work, we turn to demonization Hmm. and we remove their humanity to justify their behavior. So not to go on a tangent or to go on a rant, but I mean, really, what does that sound like to you? <sighs> I, you know, I don't even really want to give it uh, any credit, um, but uh, <laughs> it sounds like, mm. like a lot of the movements that have been going on in our country. Uh, and even more so, it just sounds like in a lot of ways, it, it sounds like the American evangelical church, to be honest with you, Jordan. I mean, I was good enough with just saying, it sounds like a knee on somebody's neck. 
Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's hey, fine. If you want to, you know, I'm always looking down, at, at specifics. Um, you know, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind a good metaphor here and there, but I'm usually, <laughs> I'm usually looking for an answer that has a exclamation point on the end of it. No. Yeah. I mean, well, that is the exclamation point when it comes down to it. Cause if you think about it this way, and we've had that conversation before we're talking about, you know, uh, I've been approached time after time about folks talking about, well, you know, black on black crime or, uh, you know, how many people were actually killed that were unarmed um, as, you know, black folk as compared to white folk. And, uh, you know, that's cool because, you know, they give me a solid answer and that's, that's perfectly fine until I explain to them, number one, you know, black folk really only make up 13% of this nation as opposed to white folk who make up almost 60 something. And then if you want to take it a step further, okay, yeah, that's cool. How many white people did you see get killed on national television? Right. By police officers. Yeah. You know, but what, what, how many times will you see somebody kill an animal, you know, on national television? You know, spirit of Peter be upon you. Um, th- <laughs> this, th- this, is, this is the real deal, though. Yeah. You know no, no, like, it is. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, and, and this is black history. Uh, yeah. This is explaining exactly how and why we got to where we are right now. You know, there's so many different instances and so many different uh, systemics that I could bring into this right now. I just read an article the other day, uh, a black couple. Um, after having their house appraised for a certain amount, uh, changed or, or turned around and got a white person to impersonate them to get it reappraised. And it was appraised at almost $490,000 higher than oh, the original price. <laughs> Ask yourself exactly why that happened. You know what I'm saying? So that's what I'm saying. And it's just, it's stuff like that. that <laughs> it must have been to- odd for the appraiser to walk through that house and see all these pictures of black family and be like, who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it, it wasn't like that. They actually, they replaced those black photos with white photos. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that, they, 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 made were, it, they made it legit. Yeah. They were thinking yeah, ahead. Yeah. Uh, let, let's go to the guy pointing at temple meme. Okay. <laughs> 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 chill out, brother. Chill out. But I mean, that's the thing, though. So that, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I guess if I'm saying anything right now, I'm saying this is redefining black history. Yes. Because all of these cute inspirational quotes and stuff, you know, we talked about MLK. Same thing. You know, MLK was a lot more of a marked man than he was a celebrated man. Right. You know, and now we want to celebrate him, but we only want to celebrate certain aspects of him. That's what we do with black history. And I think that it's time that we redefine what celebrating black history really looks like. Because if not, we're going to be going through the same thing over and over again. And I refuse <laughs> to have to yield to the same historical, excuse me, a historical cycle. Yeah. Because people don't want to look at history. So, yeah. I mean, that's all I got to say about that. That's your black history moment. <laughs> well, that's good. You brought up John Tyson. And I know we really wanted to address race in the church and just some of the stuff that's going on with the church in general. And when I say church, it's the capital C um, because we're seeing a lot of different pastors end up in some hot water. We're seeing a lot of controversies. We're seeing a lot of, you know, really well-known leaders in the evangelical community who are either stepping down or doubling down or (laughs) falling down. I mean, it's, it's kind of endless. Um, You know, John Tyson, I think just has such a good grasp on how to walk that fine line of being relevant in culture and yet still being relevant to the word of God, which is a really tough struggle, right? Mm, And so I I saw something from a friend today, actually, who sent this to me, and it was something from John Tyson. uh, And it said he had a few minutes and wanted to answer some questions. So he received a question on, I believe it was Instagram or Twitter or somewhere like that. And it says, how have you dealt with the tension of building brand versus helping build kingdom? And his reply was simply, I'm not building a brand. <laughs> like, but <laughs> that's, that's the thing that has kind of infiltrated itself into our churches. When the church oh, is treating itself like a company or like a brand, Bro. that's how people will think Christianity is now bottled. And that's not what it is at all. <laughs> Do you see me rolling my eyes right now? I did. I mean, gosh, Brother, yeah, yeah, no, nah, the, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, you know, even in, in, in our world, that has happened before. And I just remember, I, I won't name names. And you know, somebody decides that they want to feel offended by it. Feel free to come talk to me. It wasn't our church specifically, but somebody in our church one day was at a rehearsal, um, and my wife happened to be present. And this is why it really kind of took me to my point because you don't mess with my wife. But anyway, so (laughs) (laughs) 
they they were trying to do things a certain way, and this one individual decided that was not the way it was supposed to be done. And his main reason for his explanation was basically that whatever they were trying to do uh, was not the brand. And the minute I heard brand, I didn't need to hear anything else. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Because it's one of those things where you've officially told me that you really don't get the point of the gospel. The gospel is never going to be a brand. It's not a means for us to reach out to anybody so that they can see how we do something. Because again, that BS, we really need to make sure that people are understanding exactly why the church, capital C church, and then because of that reason, the lowercase c church actually exists. And it's not to make anybody look super sexy or super smooth. And like you just said, what we've seen because of that is a lot of these super sexy, super smooth people mess it up. <laughs> and then guess <laughs> yeah. what they do? That's a bad brand for the church and for the gospel on top of that. So yeah, I don't. they can miss me with that. I don't have time for that. Yeah, and some of the things I've been seeing is pastors over the last, I don't know, I would say oh, probably a year, you know, 2020 being such a challenging year where pastors, look, I don't, I'm not going to knock pastors. Like they do not have an easy job. Ministry, that calling is not easy whatsoever. So no, I'm ready. No. Yeah. So, so, so don't, don't misconstrue what I'm saying about that. But, but what I have seen is this defensiveness in pastors. You know, they just seem like they're the ones being offended and they're kind of playing the victim game in some cases. And they're like, you know, why are people doing this? And why are people doing just, if people would just listen or people would just fall under my leadership or whatever, you know, whatever it may be. And, it, you know, it just, it reminded me of when in Corinthians, Paul is like, okay, I've spent a lot of time writing to you <laughs> about all the things that are messed up about your church. And I'm doing that from, where was he doing that from, Jordan? Oh, that's right, prison. Like he was a literal victim of persecution for his belief. Okay, so he's in- He was doing that one from Ephesus. I oh, that one from Ephesus. Okay, so that. a lot of his yeah, letters well, are from prison. That, that makes it even worse though, because remember that would mean he was at a place that he really loved. So he was really kind of pissed. That he had yeah, to okay, so there you go. <laughs> so, but regardless, like he, you know, he kind of closes, and I forget if it was Corinthians one or two, but he basically closes the letter saying, look, I'm going to take a time to be a little foolish here because I'm hearing a lot of you complaining. <laughs> well, let me tell you all the stuff I've been through. And he proceeds to basically mic drop all of the trials and tribulations. <laughs> I mean, when Homeboy said he was shipwrecked three times, I was laughing. <laughs> I'm like, three times? I'm thinking, of, listen, one time, kind of the George Bush, look, shipwrecked me one time. <laughs> That's on me. Shipwrecked me two times. <laughs> I ain't going to get shipwrecked again. And I'm Gosh. thinking... I'm done taking boats at this point. Like, I'm not going to get shipwrecked anymore. Right, right, right. But you had no other choice back then, though. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry, playboy. But, yeah. well, you know, I would have just given up. But that's that's why I'm not Paul. Uh, so, so, but I look at this and I'm like, Paul spent all of this time caring about how these churches were going to get the the message and the purpose and the vision of the church correct based on what Jesus called him to do. He didn't spend this time saying, woe is me. Look at all the struggles I've been through. Never played the victim game. And he, he basically does it in this one little paragraph. And I feel like that section of scripture is such a timely thing for pastors today. Like you have to, none of these guys went into this. None of these guys or gals. Let me, I'm not a MacArthurite. Let me say that right now. Uh, <laughs> went into this going, okay, okay. Th this is going to be an easy life. This is going to be so chill. Like, it'll be great. I just like, you know, I work one day a week, throw some stuff on Insta. This is great. Like, no, none of you went into thinking that. So when things get hard and things get difficult, when the world is falling apart around us, you should probably expect this. <laughs> what up? It's Legend. And I want to invite you to my Good Enough concert series. Look, I know what it's like to not feel good enough. As a man, father, husband, artist, speaker, maybe you can relate. But I know that God says something different about us says while we were yet sinners, he died for us. Meaning in our worst state, he thought we were worth giving it all for. And that makes us good enough in his eyes. So here's the deal. I started going to counseling last year to help me deal with some of this stuff. Found it extremely helpful. Right now, 60% of Americans are facing depressive symptoms and suicide is on the rise with youth and young adults. This message is more vital than ever. I want to invite you on March 16th to join me for the Good Enough Concert Series, a virtual concert with new music and a live band and all types of stuff. But we're actually going to use the show to connect 
our listeners to mental health resources if they need it. And you can be a part of that by buying a ticket. You're helping us help somebody else. Text good enough, G-O-O-D-E-N-U-F to 757-982-8170 or click the link below and follow me on all socials. I'll get you all the information. But I'll see you March 16th for the first of the Good Enough Concert Series. And remember, God loves you. Therefore, love him and love your neighbor as yourself. The link for Legends Good Enough Concert Series can be found in the show notes. Hey, what's good, I die fam? This is Jordan. Yo, I wanted to tell y'all about a new deal the podcast is doing. Welcome to the all-new Scan-In FB Podcast community. That's right, we're on Facebook, y'all. And we're giving you the opportunity to get up close and personal with Dev, the team, and me. You'll have a potential say on topics and content with our brand new mailbag. Opportunities to connect and do a one-on-one with the team. Also, FB Live very special nah you didn't go there episodes with exclusive content that's right it's only for people in the community there'll be chances to win prizes connect with others in the scanning community and so much more all you got to do is go to facebook hit the search tab and type in i dash the number two dash i colon i know we're still doing the most but what can you do i dash two dash i colon the scanning a podcast community and follow the details be an even bigger part of what it means to boldly go where most folks ain't trying to. Just our way of saying thanks, and let's get next level. Join us and become a part of the community, y'all. Scan in. Peace. About that. See, the funny thing, you just you, you said something that actually doesn't make sense to me because I've seen certain pastors that probably think that that whole once a week thing is is the deal. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, but the funny part about that is I, I came up under a pastor for a father. And some of the things that I saw with him, who, buddy, let me tell you what, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the cops had to get involved. People probably went to jail. Um, people said stuff. That was ridiculous. You know, I know people that were a part of my dad's church, you know, vast majority Caucasian church that told me that they were excited that he was their pastor and that they were pretty much accepting of black people. Not that they were always, because after that, they told me that now we can all focus on looking down upon the gays and the immigrants. So, you know, <laughs> yes. it's just it's one of those pieces where for me, you know, that, that, that kind of stuff doesn't fly. But, you know, this is this is really what I think about those pastors. And I love them. I love all the pastors because you you got a thankless job, period. The end. I intend to be a pastor one day. So I definitely feel you on that. But but here's why I got to hold you accountable, my G. The big issue that I see with that at this particular point in time is that they forsake the understandable presentation of what ministry and mission is supposed to be about in the Bible. And most of that falls upon the heels of, 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 of witnessing what we get to see as Jesus's last words to us, you know, because the red letters are life, you know, they are authority of scripture. And the last things that he says to us is, are, are to go forth, to go out. And that you'll get this, this Holy Spirit so that you can be witnesses when you go out. The problem with ministry today in the United States of America is that too many people are expecting, or they're doing everything that they can with marketing and branding to try and get people to come in. And you wonder why the church in the United States of America is hemorrhaging today. We don't wonder if we actually dig into it and <laughs> take a look at it. Um, I mean, but I but do. people, well, but people aren't digging into it, is what I'm saying. Um, no. And to me, I think one of the the big issues that's going on here is that pastor has become synonymous with evangel or evangelist, and the Bible's clear about those being separate gifts. It's not to say that. You don't have both, but a pastor really is somebody who's helping people who are trying to, now they've been saved and now they're trying to live that most Christ-like life, right? That's the people who are holding people accountable, the people doing the the work in the trenches. <laughs> the evangelist is not doing that. The evangelist is a little bit of the rock star, but they're also the ones now who 
maybe they have to travel around or they don't really have control over uh, an actual church, you know, like because that's not really their calling. But, you know, when you can have your cake and eat it too, a lot of pastors will do that. And what we're starting to see is that that model is starting to to crack, right? And we're seeing uh, <laughs> among various groups, I mean, you know, the most recent, I'll just bring up Hillsong just because it's the most recent, but we're seeing that this pastor uh, slash evangelist method is causing these people to crack where they do not balance this ability correctly. And they're spending way more time being the popular rock star than they are being the pastor. And yet they still go by title of pastor. And, you know, we just found out that uh, Brian Houston is now apparently stepping down from leading Hillsong. Um, I mean, it's one of the largest churches that I know of. I mean, globally, they have a, a pretty substantial reach. Um, I'm not sure of many other churches in the evangelical world that have a, a reach quite that large, but that leads us to kind of where where does the church go from here? Is these is these older pastors, Jordan, as they start to age and start to step down, who are they leaving the the keys to the car to? Do you think? <laughs> uh, you're, you're you're asking me a question. I don't really think you want the answer to because it's 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 kind of eerie and kind of scary. And you got to remember that a lot of these folks are really kind of. I don't know, they're bent on their vision and their ministry and stuff like that. And, you know, the one thing about it is, all right, for, for some, they'll bequeath their ministry to other people, but they're still trying to give it to them with an assimilated mission and, and, and vision. Um, and that's not how God raised folk to do things. It's just, that's, that's just not how it works. And so, you know, we, you, you, you've got that piece of it. Uh, but, <sighs> well, um, I honestly... Ah, uh, here we go. Uh, I, I honestly believe that what we're doing um, is we're not really attaching the real understanding of the education and the edification of future Christian leaders. You know, you were just talking about it in Ephesians 4.11 specifically. You know, we have the apostles, the evangelists, pastors, preachers, teachers, you know, and all of them are utilized for the function of of building up and equipping and sending out these people for ministry, whether that be in ministry itself in the mission field or in the marketplace, <laughs> but they're not doing that. They are giving people these feel good messages or these build up things or these self help joints that might have a Bible verse to attach to them, um, and and they're they're expecting that to work and it's not. That's really what's happening right now, and so we've got to be careful. And not just that, but then you have to actually know your real role because you were just talking about the evangelist piece. Right. Not to go on a tangent about it, but evangelists ain't pastors. <laughs> right. Apostles right. ain't pastors. But there are many apostles who are in pastoral positions. And what they don't realize is that they're doing their flock a disservice because their job is one that is ha- it's not that it's more important per se, uh, but their job is one that has more demands than they'll have time to take care of their flock with. Right. And so flock are suffering. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, it's yeah. a it's a healthy balance for for everybody, for the people who hold those positions as well as the people who submit themselves to those leaders. And I mean, the Bible's pretty darn clear about the the many parts one body that they're all important, they're all equally important. And unfortunately, much like how business has kind of, you know, taken over, how capitalism takes over, the people who are always treated better are the salespeople, right? Because they're the ones who are bringing in the money. They're bringing in the revenue. So the evangelist bring in the people. That's always considered to be the most important. But, you know, in a lot of ways, like that doesn't exist if you don't have the customer service who's basically your pastor, right? Like, like if you don't have the good customer service, then you can bring in all the new people you want to. But what good does that do? Like salvation is not just a statistic, right? Salvation is meant to get people started on a path to a kingdom mindset, a kingdom purpose, to to becoming actual Christians and followers of Christ. And, you know, I, I hear a lot about vision and, you know, how that pertains to the church. And listen, I'm a vision dude. Like, I think that's important. Okay. But I think that what happens sometimes is that we, we mistake vision for purpose. And we won't allow our vision to change. We just simply say, this is my vision. This is my vision. This is what we're going to focus on. And we never oh, no. change that 
Um, nay, 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 my friend. Okay. It's, it's not even about that. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that because the thing with, with, with vision in, in, in a lot of churches today is that vision is the only thing and it can't be. And I'll couch it in this. What you just said is almost right. Uh, most people now, are, are they're, they're mistaking vision for gospel. Mm. That's what's happening. You know, and, and to that point, we know we've already had countless conversations about what it's like to have an incomplete gospel, a one-dimensional gospel. We talk about Christ on the cross. We forget about the other stuff. We forget about the words that he said before that. We forget about the fact that he is Lord. Um, and we don't really approach those things as well. That's, that's what's missing. There, there's an incomplete packaging of whatever this vision substance is that these people are presenting to folks. You know, and then on top of that, you know, last year showed us that what they're missing also is a whole <laughs> lot of Bible sure. in the process. You know what I'm saying? Because the, the people don't understand the process of, of, of processing, period. You know what I'm saying? That metabolizing when, when it comes to issues of injustice or what it really means mm-hmm. to love your fellow man and who is your fellow man and, and all these other pieces. And then what I was just talking about earlier with Tyson and how we can eventually learn how to dehumanize certain people. And that's not just on Black History Month. You know what I'm saying? 9-11 taught us something about that concerning our fellow man from other countries that might wear hijabs and, and, and things of that nature. Not all of them were out to kill us. But guess what? We created this culture of fear that suggests otherwise. And where do you think that came from? Because it didn't come from our Bible. No, no. I think, I think we're on the same page because I think also then that purpose should be synonymous with gospel. True. Like our purpose should be gospel. And vision is not synonymous with purpose and gospel. Vision is a, a leadership element of foreseeing how you're going to achieve the purpose. But the fact is, is that circumstances change and that means vision changes. Like you, we're, even if you go through the great leaders throughout the, the Bible or throughout history, nobody's given one vision and then they never get another one. <laughs> That's not how it works, right? Like it is, man. Like, it is hundred percent. It's 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 the recycling of the vision. That, that's really what it is. No, I got I got nothing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And it's it's like I don't understand this where we can't have, you know, a vision for our life now. Like you know, my wife and I talk about this because at the beginning of each year we kind of talk about what does the vision for our family look like, and and the fact is is that our view changes right? Our elevation changes. Sometimes we're higher up the mountain. Sometimes we're lower. Sometimes we're in a a cloudy season. Sometimes it's bright and sunny. That means our vision is constantly changing. And so- It's just shrouded right now because you got to learn how to feed them kids. That's right. That's right. But guess what? Guess what? income for you. (laughs) (laughs) But the purpose doesn't change. The purpose stays the same. The vision is how to execute the purpose. And I think sometimes we just get stagnant. You know, I- I've seen too many churches and and church leaders been saying the same things my entire life, you know, the same steps to follow. And and it's not to say that those steps won't get you the right place, but sometimes those steps don't work for everybody. And, you know, the purpose needs to be, I think the purpose is important. The reason why Christ came was so that we could have a personal relationship with God. And if we're going to have a personal relationship, that means that we have uh, very unique ways of reaching God and achieving our own purpose. And so I think just trying to do this, this cookie cutter vision all of the time, I don't think that's, I don't think that's it. <laughs> it's not, it's not. Um, I, I think it has a strong suit. It's always really, really good at galvanizing to a certain extent. And that's necessary, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but at the same time, um, you know, what it says, I mean, it's going to sound like a broken record, but I do not care. There's a recycling that happens. And that recycling can get old on folks. I'll be honest with you, not just our church, and I'm not putting anybody on blast, but there are times where I've gone to certain and I can hear the same message twice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm nobody's pastor, so I'm not coming to anybody for that, you know. Um, and I get it. This is a different season, it's a different kind of ministry. People get busy. But when we're always talking about having fresh revelation from God, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because everybody's <laughs> yeah. always talking about, it's my favorite thing in all the white evangelical prayers that I've heard. I love the the repetitive nature of it. And, you know, it's just, yeah, Lord, just give us, you know, fresh vision, Lord, fresh. Okay, it's cool. But after a while, when I see the same thing over and over again, I think that the prayer for fresh vision is kind of falling on deaf ears. And I think the reason why, though, is because they're not seeking for anything different. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's going to be really, really unpopular for some of my people to hear, but I need them to understand that and let them know that I love them. But guess what? You know, and then you wonder why, you know, the very definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result, <laughs> my friend, yeah. especially when our nation is hemorrhaging Christians from the evangelical or even from the mainline denominational spheres, man. Like what, 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 what are you expecting? Because you've done the same thing over and over again. And I'm sorry, but tradition needs to be broken by truth. Period. Yeah. the end. Yeah. And I've probably said it on this show before. If I haven't, then, you know, I've, I've said it in my you know, personal life with people. I truly believe that this revival that a lot of churches feel is coming has to start with the church. The church has to find some sort of revival in its own people so that it can now look attractive again and reach other people. And I think that that's only going to come with a renewed revelation, a renewed relevance of how to actually enter the culture and have an impact on the culture and the way things are going. And you can't use wow. old vision for that. You mm. just can't. But you also can't compromise. <laughs> Sorry. No, <laughs> just, no. Just and, the back of square one thing. Well, yeah, but it doesn't, you know, a fresh vision doesn't eliminate uh, lasting wisdom. True. You know, it just simply changes course. You know, I mean, look, the, the model for reaching people before the railroad existed had to be different than it is now with planes. Like it just, it's just the facts of life. Like that's just yeah. how it works. And so you have to allow for the circumstances and the perspectives and the tools, you have to allow for those things to change. I mean, look at how many churches adopted very different models through COVID. Well, yeah, yeah because it, it changed. You couldn't have people in, in buildings anymore. So you yeah. had to make a change, but you know, we should be forward thinking as Christians. What's amazing about the Bible to me, Jordan, and you'll probably agree is that, you know, you talked about you can go to churches and you can hear the same message, uh, you know, multiple times. But what's crazy about the Bible is this book has existed for thousands of years, okay? It maybe has not existed in, it, in the form that we know of it today for thousands of years, but it's been a very, very long time. And yet it is the most studied book it is the most read book. It is the most widely purchased book, the most widely owned book. And every time you read it, Jordan, can you go over the same things that you've gone over and feel like there's something new to be said, something new to be taken away? Of course, because it's the living word of God. So you can absolutely use an old message and still find ways for it to be relevant and speak into the time that you're speaking in now. Yeah, no, that's, I, I see no lies there. I think the, I think the big piece in that right now, though, is that, you know, it's, um, yeah, let's just go, let's just get all the way in trouble. Um, and, you know, because I've got plenty of friends that are pastors and <laughs> this, 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 this might ping on them as, as, as well. One of the biggest pieces, I think, concerning this whole uh, conundrum of ours is, is just the simple fact that, you know, talking about recycling and things of that nature, I don't think it's recycling sometimes. I think sometimes it's really just, the breaches of the limits of, of what uh, certain pastors and leaders have and, and that they've, you know, reached capacity and they can't go any further. They can't go beyond their margin or they they're limited in their knowledge because they don't take the time to seek God more. Ultimately, this is what I really feel. Some of the pastors that I, I, I seek to emulate, not necessarily idolize. Um, one of the things I know about them is that when I've listened to them have real conversations to people about, quote, do it. One of the biggest things that I always note is that something back to scripture on a consistent basis. And something about some of the other pastors that I know is that sometimes when they run out of stuff, they <laughs> haven't been in their Bibles and yeah. they'll tell me yeah. it's, 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 it's been a thing for them. So, you know, I mean, I think for me and I think for us, one of the things that we just have to continue to remember and it's, it's the broken record of all broken records. Yeah, I know. Wifey's up there singing it out right now. She's, <laughs> God bless those speakers that I got for Valentine's Day. Um, she just makes our show <laughs> sound better. Let's be honest. I mean, I, honestly, yeah. You know, by the way, VOF, check it out on Netflix. My wife is up there. It's beautiful. Um, Give the but, people the full name, Jordan. They don't know what an acronym is. Give the people the know. full name. Give her a plug. You know they know it. Voices of Fire. But I, still. Okay. Okay. The I Jehovah's mean, you know, Witness who listen to know, our show don't know what it means. Like, well, all they have to do is just go boff. Sure, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. Urban Dictionary there. probably says something totally different. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out. Yeah. Let, let that be a thing, too. I'm not even going to look because, yeah, whatever. 
but um, but seriously, no. I mean, you know, at, at the end of the day, this is this is the this is the infrastructure of what works, and this is the infrastructure of what doesn't work. How much time are you really seeking God? Yeah, you know, Matthew six thirty three: Seek ye first. Yeah. His you, kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And 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 qualitative growth has been sustained from that each and every time that I've witnessed it. That's all I got to say. And it just goes back to the balance that we're talking about. Like if, if you're a teaching or speaking pastor and you're spending the vast majority of your week in pastoral care positions where you are you know, helping people who, who have cancer or helping people who are addicted or, you know, ministering to people who are lost and you don't have the time to seek God and get that fresh word, then, you know, yeah, it's, it's easy to feel like, shoot, man, what else am I supposed to be doing here? Like, it's, it's easy to look at that and feel like this is criticism. Um, but it's not, this is about, this is about encouragement and accountability because my heart breaks for what I see going on in the church. It's, it's not a judgment thing. And, and I'm, again, I'm not a pastor, so I'm not even saying that uh, I know everything that's going on. I've been uh, in long, long relationships with various pastors. I've been very close to pastors. So I know how difficult that life can be. Um, you know, but the fact is, is that, you know, I just want to encourage pastors everywhere, leaders in the church everywhere, um, just like you would ask people to do. Yeah, spend more time in the word, spend more time looking for that fresh, revelation. And I think that can really breathe life into what you're doing and in those around you. Amen. Oh, um, I, I agree. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's always nice when Jordan just goes, I agree. It's like, okay, good. Because I mean, you know, you know, again, because we got to be encouraging. I get it, you know, but again, we're, we're yeah. redefining stuff and redefine the inspiration of how that works. I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you with that you know it's a thing um but no when, when i did that interview with swang you know one yeah. of the things that, that always gets me is how much even leaders that have been in it for 10 20 30 years don't sit down and really just go through the bible and just go through the motion of really reading it and getting stuff out of it yeah you know it, that could be the most boring part of it but at the same time you know who is it a td of all people the man who doesn't have a degree Let, let's let's talk about that for a second mm. you know he he looks at the word and uh, he just stares at it. He's, he said this before. He's told this to people time and time again. And people just take notes. Ooh, ah, he stares at it. He stares at it. You know what staring <laughs> at it is? You know what that really is? That's him reading it and looking at it over and over again until that revelation comes. And, you know, it's not that I actually took that from his playbook because I did that long before I even heard him ever say it. But you best believe when I heard him say it again, I was like, you know what? I'm on that. <laughs> well, you could probably go ahead and translate that into meditate on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that, that's really what it is. You know, yeah. you meditate on these things and you get it to, you, you get it in your heart. You get it to the point. What is, what's the, what's the saying? Don't do it till you get it right. Yeah. Do it till you can't get it wrong. But that's, you know, but that's the $5 word meditation where stares at it is what somebody who doesn't have that degree would say. I stared at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna tell him you said that. Please do, please do. And and you know, the fact is, is that uh, God doesn't need people with degrees. No, nah, he doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't. Now, granted, in today's culture, it's probably really good to be vetted. Hey, just gonna put that in the atmosphere. Listen, if you've got experience, you've got uh, a calling of God on your life, and you have education, well, shoot, then then you can't be stopped. You know, you're better off having all of it. <laughs> That's how that works. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. (laughs) Or you just sound like that, you know, and then you just, you have to be super skilled. That helps. Yeah. That helps. If you just have the voice of God himself, then (laughs) it really doesn't matter what you say. Right. (laughs) Lord have mercy, man. I think we've, we beat up on our poor pastors enough, Jordan. Um, We love them. And, uh, you know, the fact is, is that, Accountability is just so, so radically important. And I think if accountability was a little bit stronger among leadership, uh, we probably wouldn't see so many of these headline stories. <laughs> or see. I mean, that's, that's, that's the bottom line, you know, because it's, it's, it's funny because this almost reminds me of when we first got started and everything started happening with a Tatiana and then it just kind of crescendoed into everything that happened in 2020. It was just like, we're not just really trying to talk about this. Y'all just keep giving it to us to talk about. Listen, we'd much rather just talk about like m- movies and music, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that, that'd be boring. 
Yeah. So yeah, let's just keep talking about world issues that affect the cause of the cross. That that sounds good. That sounds good. Cool. Oh, well, oh, yeah. I think oh, that's a before good. we close up, did you want to tell the people about uh, the cool interview that we uh, just completed? Oh yeah, that'd be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah, we actually did uh, an interview with an amazing, uh, amazing podcast called Preacher Boys. Now, believe it or not. Uh, this is actually a true crime podcast, <laughs> so it was it was really really interesting. But uh, now our, our dude Eric Skwarzynski, uh new and really good friend, um, is is doing everything he can to shine a light on on the understanding of what has happened as far as abuses in the Independent Fundamental Baptist Church. Uh, but he's beginning to kind of branch out as well. So he's got a, a bunch of really interesting interviews. He did one joint on. Uh, um, uh, was uh, somebody who did a story on Robbie after everything went down, and, mm-hmm. and that thing was eye opening, mm. um, <laughs> in, in a heartbreaking manner, but still just good to get that information. And so he's got a bunch of stuff, and he he does this a whole lot better than than we do. I have no problem. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. His his show is <laughs> so, his show is huge, yeah. and he uh, you know, he connected uh, Jordan. I think connected with him uh, talking about podcasts and mentorship and things like that, and. He started listening to our show and loved it. So he wanted to have us on and we are uh, fortunate enough to have him on. So we have an interview with him as well. Um, and I think we'll probably end up posting that after this one uh, to keep things relevant. Um, plus, yeah. you can go listen to us on his show. So, yeah. you know, yeah. Exactly. And uh, I think I already posted that one inside of the FB scanning community. Mm-hmm. On, uh, on on Facebook. So yeah, uh, you know, and, and for what it's worth, guys, we, we're, we're talking about a lot. We're potentially going to make some moves. Some things might be happening. And so we appreciate your patience, um, but we're still going to keep the stuff coming because people keep giving it to us yeah. again. Uh, it's just kind of how that Plus, works. Plus, I mean, Jordan yeah, and I check love out the, to uh, talk. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's that too. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> so yeah, no, for real though, go check out the Preacher Boys podcast. Uh, Eric Skwarzynski is his name. He's got a bunch of stuff. Um, got a website, preacherboysdoc.com, uh, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, one day we'll be able to say all those same things, but I think we're going to lay it down right now. So, ladies and gents, once again, thank you all for checking us out. Uh, please don't forget to like, share, subscribe, download, all that good algorithm nonsense. Um, and, of course, you know, uh, actually the numbers are kind of going down. I got a little bit of hope, you know, the, uh, maybe it's the vaccine, maybe whatever, you know, somebody said that the vaccine again was the second son of Satan. Um, hmm. But nonetheless, at least just wash your hands. Who was Satan's so, first son? Just for the uninitiated. I, I didn't know he, he was having kids. Um, Furbies. Furbies. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what my boy Josh used to <laughs> the, It was like, yeah, huh. my original favorite white boy. But um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, it was it was just so entertaining. I just went with it. I guess so, no. I guess whatever. that makes sense because you know not very diabolical, but that's that's the whole you know Prince of Deception thing. So yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. Exactly. I think that's probably what it was too. So okay, we're not going with that. Please don't utilize that conspiracy <laughs> theory, and please don't listen to what we're saying right now. Thank you once again <laughs> for tuning in to Eye to Eye, and of course, as always, please. Remember to be inspired to inspire because that is what the inspired one does. I'm Jordan. I am Devin. And we will holler at you next time. Y'all stay safe. Yeah. Don't forget forget to say wash your hands. hands. (laughs) Yeah. My bad. I know. I mean, I'd already told him wear your mask. And so I was just assumed that you followed up with that. Well, we started talking about Furbies. We did. We did. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, I'm I'm sorry because I just shouldn't have said it, but whatever it was there. So. All right, folks. Yeah, true. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll catch you next time. <laughs> Peace. engineering by Devin Chandler. 
Editing and production, Jordan Brown. Digital media and graphics, Alyssa Wise. Interface and program relations, Delmar Gibbs. Thanks again for listening to the latest and greatest episode. Please don't forget to follow us on FB, Inspired One Enterprises, on Insta, at I underscore the number two underscore I podcast. And of course, please subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. Download, rate, review, and share. Be inspired to inspire because that's what the inspired one does. Thank you once again for all your support. Keep rocking. Peace.